Blood and Barrels discuss cases that contain graphic content. And Mike has a potty mouth. So does Amy. Nah. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Blood and Barrels. We are back for episode two of Charles Manson. What? what? And I'm Mike, by the way. And I'm Amy. (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. And hopefully y'all enjoyed our live episode at Emerald Republic. This is our first time recording since then. It is our first time. And actually, we we were going to give, or we are going to give it, we wanted to give a shout out to uh, Vina Middleton. Yes. So she came up and hung with us. Uh, there was somebody else we were talking to. And I can't, oh, I lost the name, but uh, which I feel bad. So, but shout out to you as well. So. Well, shout out to everybody that was there. And big thanks to Emerald Republic again and A Rustic Spoon. The food, we finally got to try the food. I know. We didn't it was try great. It the first two times, but yeah, yeah. So it no, was it great. was awesome. Yeah, but. it was really, really good. So hopefully we'll be going back again. At some point. Yeah. At some point. We'll, um, we'll figure all that out. So. You know, we love those guys. And they actually have an event that we're going to help them promote. But we'll do that a little closer to the event in April. Yeah. And we definitely, you know what? I have to give the biggest shout out ever to Josh. He's uh, the general manager over there. I got to give a big shout out to him because seriously, every time we've gone there, he's been so nice. He's helped set everything up. He's even brought in like some sound guys and and, and just really made it like awesome for us and everybody that kind of attended. So big shout out to Josh. And we have to give him congratulations because he's changing roles. Truth. So. Yeah. So Josh, as always, we appreciate it. We love coming. So thank you again. We love we love you guys. For sure. So that being said, uh, I think last week um, we, we had trouble finding alcohol in this particular area for some <laughs> stupid Los reason. Angeles? Yeah, how? I don't know. <laughs> we were having technical difficulties, I guess. So we did the, uh, what was it? The French 57 French from Casablanca. 50. Yes, French 57. Thank you. So this week we are doing White Russians from the Big Lebowski. Which you're really excited about. Not because of the drink, just because of the movie. He's the dude. (laughs) I'm excited about the drink, regardless of what that stupid bartender said. Oh, that guy online? Yeah, we were like Googling to see. It tastes like coffee in a doctor's office. I'd like to know how he knows what a doctor's office tastes like. That's a good question. Because he didn't say it tasted like coffee in a doctor's office. He said it tasted like coffee and a doctor's office. Yeah. I mean... I'll be honest, I don't know if I've ever actually had a white Russian, so this will be new. Uh, also, You've I, never had a white Russian? I don't think so. Oh. It's new for me. Um, I, I may have. Now, I will say we're ghetto as usual, so we uh, did not have heavy cream, and I didn't run out to the store for it, um, so we did it with milk. Actually, I think we did have some heavy cream in the refrigerator. Okay, next one. <laughs> Next, I didn't know we had it. So well, here's for, the question: Is it still good? That's that's the ah ah yes. Okay, so maybe for the next one. We'll <laughs> no, I had you buy it because I was going to make clam chowder, and then I never made it. Ah, uh, okay, Remember? all right. Well, yeah. we'll we'll see because we'll we'll have a few as we go. So, well, I'm excited because it's definitely my kind of drink. Well, perfect. Well, let's try it. 
Because I'm, like I said, I don't think I've ever had one. So, cheers. Cheers. It tastes like coffee in a doctor's office. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually like it. I think it's pretty good. You know, I, I love it. And I was a little worried because I was cheap and I did not spring for the Kahlua. Yeah. I got the like $16 bottle, $16 bottle of coffee liqueur, but that's pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like it. I'm not a huge fan of like milk in my drinks, like my adult beverages. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't be my go-to for sure. It's not bad, especially after hearing that one dude talk about it, so... Yeah, I, I, it's a lot like a mudslide to me. That explains why you would like it. Mm-hmm. It just needs a little chocolate in there for you, I think. No, I don't even need the chocolate. No? No. You're good with I'm it? I'm good, okay. just like it is. Well, I'm good. I dig it, so... All right, well, tell us about Los Angeles in the 60s. Well, we already talked about Los Angeles. If you want to hear about Los <laughs> Angeles in the 60s, you can go back to episode one. And honestly, this is... Or not episode one. Part one of this episode. Which would be, what, 102? Yes, this is 102. But I mean, oh. if they're listening, they should know what episode they're on, I hope. Well, I don't know. Apparently, if you listen on Audible, it doesn't play it in order for you. It just picks whatever episode Fair. you so want to listen to. this is episode 102, part two. <laughs> you want to go to episode 102, part one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, basically Charles Manson part one. But yes, we are going to kind of pick up where we left off last, last week. And sorry, we left you hanging. We don't usually like to do that, but. No, I actually hate doing it. Um, mostly because I don't like it. Like, and I know a lot of people will just not listen to the episode until the second one comes out. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Netflix. Like, you know, we've all gotten to a, accustomed to just having instant the episode, gratification. Oh, yeah. You don't want to <laughs> wait for the next part. So. Well, and usually when we do two parters, we usually put the second one out kind of as a bonus episode. We just, we had a wedding to go to this weekend. So we've had a lot going on. Yeah. It's been busy, busy. So we're actually recording the night before this is going to come out and poor Matt has to edit when we're done so that's a trooper uh (laughs) we appreciate you (laughs) um but yeah we've had a lot going on which is why patreons you still haven't gotten the episode we've been promising you this weekend we're not even going to talk about this weekend we're going straight into (laughs) the case so (laughs) because they saw you do that uh they didn't see me but yes we're moving in to the case. So I think kind of where we left off last time is we saw we were kind of in like the November 1968 time frame. And this was when the uh, Beatles released their White Album. And of course, you know. Oh, Helter Skelter. Yeah, Helter Skelter. That was uh, one of the big tracks on that uh, album. Or I don't know if it was big. I really don't know much about that album, to be honest with you. But uh, The only thing, only reason I ever knew Helter Skelter was because of Manson. I didn't even know it was Beatles thing until we... Talked about it. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, that came out and he becomes obsessed with this album. He's playing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for his listeners. And he's also like getting messages. Like they're talking about things and he's like picking up these kind of, uh, he almost made it sound like the Beatles were speaking to him personally. And so he's taking these ideas, I guess, from the songs and like incorporating it in. It's kind of a, sounds like he's high as fuck. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's it's, it's, it's a fucking late 60s, you know, lots of acid, lots of drugs. It's a thing. I mean, you say I know, but I don't. I was not alive in the 60s. Uh, obviously. I know, <laughs> I know you were not alive in the 60s, although, you know, you are freaking old, so. 
Okay, creaky old man syndrome. Oh, it's so bad. With it's your so bad. With your white beard. Oh, man. I saw the pictures from the wedding, and God, so much gray. So old. Anyway, enough about how old we are. Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> you, we, us. Uh, no, um, we, you. <laughs> so, so yeah, so this is all going on. Um, and, of course, he's also, you know, this is when he starts talking about Helter Skelter and kind of these um, uprisings, race race wars, and things like that. So, so, so how did he explain what Helter Skelter was? So that's, you know, Hel- Helter Skelter was basically that, uh, at least my understanding is that basically the black people would rise up and take over control uh, from the white people. And it, there would basically be a race war as part of that. And was that part of the Beatles song? I don't think so. No, I think this okay. is his. So okay. Charles Manson was uh, actually a racist. And uh, a fucking nut job? And a nut job, yes. But yeah, he was he he was very racist against black people. And so he he his whole ideology is that after this race war, uh, basically him and his crew would be there to kind of take things over because black people would get this power but wouldn't be able to handle it. Oh. And so they would have okay. to come in and kind of take over after that. So Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean he was definitely a racist, for sure. I'm just not gonna uh, keep going. <laughs> no comment. Keep going. Yep. Yes. So in the spring of 1969, the the group is still secluded on the ranch. They're listening to the White Album, and I think we talked about this last time. He kind of moves into this next phase of what crazy. I would call brainwashing and crazy. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, at this time, he would start giving uh, the girls acid and they would all trip together now i mean they oh, were all that's doing, so nice of him well, they were all doing drugs together anyway but they would um like he would take less or <laughs> not take any and that gave him the ability to maintain control yeah. and kind of you know when you're in that state on acid your mind is kind of open to a suggestion i mean that happened to me with tequila I mean, it's a lot different, but yes, I see what no, you're No, but I'm talking about the person I was taking shots of tequila with pretended like they were taking shots. Oh, But yes. they were taking shots of water, yeah, and that's I was up. shooting tequila. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's um, that's some pervy-type behavior right <laughs> there. That's what that is. Um so yeah, so he so he would kind of be able to push his narrative more clearly onto them while they were fucked up, and I don't feel like he needed to do that though. Well, while I agree, I mean, we'll kind of get into it a little bit more, but well, obviously he push, felt like he's, he needed I mean, to do. if you know this story, he's pushing this group to a point where. He needs them to basically just do anything or be willing to do anything that he says and believe everything that he says wholesale without question, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's it's a pretty normal tactic for people who run cults and things like that. You become the center of the universe. You create Serial the narrative. Killers. You push it the, on them however you can and make them totally dependent on you. And then you become a, a infamous serial killer. Well. I think we talked about this, but he's not a serial killer. I know. Did you? Uh, sarcasm. I know. Go ahead. I know. 
Well, the the sarcasm just was, yeah, it wasn't very clear. So I was clarifying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I could see it in your face <laughs> as you were saying it. Like I saw it, but I was sitting there going, she just sounds grumpy. Um, I mean, Manson makes me grumpy, but go ahead. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so again, he starts talking about this uh, revolution that's going to come. Uh, and he was starting to sow more seeds of like distrust in the police and the government. And oh, like today. What the fuck are you talking about? Distrust of the police and government. It's real big today. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you lost me. Yes, no, but I mean, that's their fault, And I think, today. I don't really think... Well, I'm not... This isn't a political <laughs> podcast, but... Right, I didn't... Okay, I retract my statement. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, but now I feel like I have to explain. So, yes, we're not a political podcast. I don't want to get into politics, but no. I do feel like the um, the politicians on both sides of the aisle don't necessarily have our best interest in... And additionally, I think that the media makes it even worse. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I I, I see where you're coming from now. Uh, I was yeah. very confused. <laughs> I was very confused when you said it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm lost. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I think in this case, it's uh, the media and the government's fault more so than Charles Manson. Okay, so before you continue. Oh, I haven't tried. Yeah, so we did get a Try refill. your new one. Okay. This is with the heavy whipping cream. It was actually good. We were shocked. Yay. Yeah, it's good till your birthday. Oh, it's way it's better. Creamier. Way creamier. Better. Get that creamy mouth feel. Oh, you said <laughs> Gross. I couldn't help myself. Gross. No, it's actually way, way better. Okay, so if you make a white Russian, don't be cheap and use milk. Just go get you some heavy whipping cream. It's totally worth it. It does not taste like coffee and a doctor's office. No, you know, and I think that the heavy whipping cream is a little sweeter, so it adds that little bit to it as well. So it's a little thicker. I think it makes it just a little um a little sweeter too. It'd be really good to like freeze it and then blend it and make a slushy. A white Russian a white rush slushy? Yeah. A white rush slushy. I like it. Okay. We're gonna we'll take that under advisement. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to the case. <laughs> um so where was I? Uh Charles Manson was brainwashing the people with cops and politicians, and they hated them all. Well, he wasn't using cops and politicians right, right. to no, brainwash he, them. He was right, right. He was brainwashing his family to hate them. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. During that time frame, that was probably super easy because there was a lot of distrust in the government back then too. You know, yeah, the Vietnam War was going on. A lot of people were pissed off about that. The police were civil rights. Yeah, exactly. And they were considered, I think the police were considered a more oppressive force back then, too. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and there was a lot of imagery on the television back then that wasn't uh, painting the police in the best light either. I mean, especially with the riot, uh, not riots, but with the protests and things that were going yeah. on and the, the how the police handled that. So it was probably pretty easy to do that. But obviously, the use of drugs made it um, easier, much easier. Yeah. And uh he also used acid, so he would give the girls acid. I, I want to say one of them almost made it sound like he almost gave it to them like it was the sacrament. And they would reenact the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which I thought was kind of weird. But, you know, if you're going to do that, who's going to be Jesus Christ? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
he was Manson was always the the Christ in these reenactments. If I was gonna reenact anything, it would be Dirty Dancing, not the freaking crucifixion. I mean, that, that's and that's I would fair. Be baby, I would not have any desire to do that, but I can <laughs> see I can see why you would want to do that. Whatever, you will be Johnny and I will be Baby. It's fine. Fair enough. Um, who am I going to tell not to put you into a corner? Matt. You can tell Matt. This is getting weird. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. So yeah, that was just some weird shit that was going on. So then on July 1st, 1969, uh, Manson and Tex Watson, they had basically set up a, a drug deal in which they were intending to rob uh, a drug dealer. Uh, okay, wait, I have to interrupt you. Did we talk about Tex last time? We did. Yeah, we talked okay, about so we, how he met, um, they met at Dennis Wilson's house. So we talked about how he was from here last time? We did. Okay, yep, go ahead. We sure did. Yeah, he I was just super wanted to make close. sure we threw that out there. So. Yeah, if you want specifics on that, again, you can go back to part one. See, this is what happens when we record too far apart. <laughs> well, and so. we recorded another one in between. In between, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they set up this drug deal. The drug dealer that they were going to do this with was also a Black, Pan- Black Panther member. So this guy's name was Bernard Crow. Um, he went by Lots of Papa. Oh, I like that better. Lots of Papa. Lots of Papa. It's got some 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 snaps I feel like, to it. I like it. What's that Biggie song? We'll always uh, love Big Papa. I don't know that. I I love it when they call me Big Papa. No, he's got one that's like a a, a slower song. We'll always love Big Papa. So we apologize for butchering the Biggie songs because <laughs> fuck me. But man. I feel like you could. Put Lassa Papa in there. Maybe. Maybe. I would have to understand the song, but I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, yeah. So, That's they're going to have a Tupac fan. I do like some Tupac. But I like Biggie, too. I mean, I like Tupac, too. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> they're going to have this fucking drug deal with Lassa Papa. And Tex was actually able to set up this deal through uh, an ex-girlfriend. Now, they knew they didn't actually intend on buying any drugs from Lots of Papa, but instead to scam him. Okay. Uh, basically, they were going to steal his money. Okay. Um, sadly, you know, like I said, they knew they were going to rob this guy, but he didn't care. Like, Tex didn't care that his ex-girlfriend could possibly get blamed for this, and she's not involved. She doesn't know anything about this. Well, she's an ex. Why would he care? Well, I get that, but I mean... We're talking, you know, she could get shot. Who knows? I don't know if she gets blamed for this, but he don't give a shit. So anyway, it's the um, 60s, they didn't care about anything except free love and peace and drugs. I was about to say and LSD. <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah. so yeah. So, okay. So anyway, yes, she sets this up. Um, and so they, they do the deal and Tex walked off with $2,500 of lots of Papa's money, which that's a lot of fucking money. Back then, back then, yeah, okay. not now, yeah, but back then, twenty five hundred bucks is, is a lot of money. Sure, yeah, okay. So, gotcha. um, so yeah, well, I mean, lots of Papa is pissed, and so he actually calls up the ranch because he knows that Tex lives there, and he told Manson that if he didn't get his money back immediately, him and his crew were gonna like go out to the ranch and just wipe everybody out. Well, if he was a Black Panther, they probably would have. I mean, they were pretty well armed back then, so. Instead of just returning the money, 
Charles Manson and Thomas Wallman or Whaleman. I don't know. Wallman. Yes. I don't know. I'm probably saying this wrong, but they called him TJ. Uh, they went to go find lots of Papa and TJ was actually supposed to be the shooter and backed out at the last minute. So Manson took a 22 revolver and shot lots of Papa and stole his leather jacket. Nice. Now, although lots of Papa lived, Manson actually thought he killed him. So, well, of course he did. Yeah. Of course he thought that. Well, and I, I didn't take a note of it, but there was like a, a news broadcast and I think Manson saw it and it, it talked about how the Black Panther was shot. They kind of made it sound like he was dead, but they didn't specify whether he was dead or alive. Well, Manson was so full of himself, he probably just assumed that he was dead. Probably. So he actually would become pretty afraid that the Black Panthers would realize that it was him and would retaliate against the family. And after that, Manson asked 21-year-old musician Bobby Boussoulet to come and stay at the ranch to basically help protect it. I like that last name. Do you remember that name? Boussoulet? Bobby Boussoulet? I remember Bobby Boucher. That would be Waterboy. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> so no, not him. Um, but so we talked about him in last time. So he was Gypsy's love interest. In oh, in that movie, Ramrod. Yep. Okay, yeah. yep, yep. He lifted up her shirt and said, "I approve" or whatever. Yep. Yeah, got and it. So I think Gypsy and him had actually become friends after the movie and all that. So okay. he's also a friend of hers, and. Yeah, and so basically the this kind of played into this narrative that he's been pushing on everybody about the race wars and everything, and oh, they're kind yeah. of saying... The Black um, Panthers are going to come get us. Right, so they're kind of saying, you know, it's starting, and they're viewing it as, wow, if, if Manson's asking Bobby to come here to the ranch, some Helter shit may be going down. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, Bobby comes to the ranch. Now, at some point during their stay... Or time at Spawn Ranch, Manson and the family had actually befriended uh, members of the motorcycle club or gang, however you want to say it. Uh, but they were called the Straight Satans. I would say gang, not club, if that's their name. They call them a club, but yeah, and I, I can't remember what they called it. It was like a, they, it was like a percentage thing, but I think like X percentage of the club was actually. On the up and up, and then X percentage of the club was like shady criminals. fuckers. What was what? Shady fuckers. Oh, I thought you said shame fuckers, and I was like, "What's that?" I don't know. Uh, no. Yeah, no. shady fuckers. No, yeah, they were they were involved in um, criminal activity. Shady shit. Yeah, shady shit. So yeah, but uh, there was a I think larger percentage of the club quote-unquote that gang? was well okay yes gang <laughs> but there was a large larger percentage that was not involved in criminal activity but yes well then maybe don't join a club called straight satans i mean true you can't be on the up and up and be in a club called the satans the straight satans nobody's gonna believe you when you say you're innocent I feel like you make a very valid point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm an accountant. I, mean, I just, I just really like to ride my motorcycle. And Satan. So go join the Harley Davidson Club down the street, not the Straight Satans. Be like the the hard accountants. <laughs> yeah, that's my motorcycle. Gang. But you get my point. <laughs> yes, I definitely, definitely get your point. Yes. 
So Bobby was actually kind of really into this biker culture. He actually wasn't him and Manson were super different, right? Like they had a kind of a mutual respect for each other through music. They liked each other, but he was kind of like Manson was this hippie cult leader and he liked him and he hung there, but he was really kind of like, really liked this bike culture, right? These motorcycle clubs, gangs, okay. whatever. So he was interested in that. Okay. He wanted to be a straight Satan. Possibly. I think he actually okay. did. Yeah. And so uh, he was, he was, you know, hanging with these guys and they were looking to score. Um, and Bobby basically wait, said, wait, 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 score, get drugs. Okay. I was going to say, are they looking to score to get drugs or score to get sex? That's a valid question. <laughs> they wanted some drugs. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it just needed to clarify. I mean, again, this is the sixties. They didn't have to look far for that. They didn't have to Free look love. far for drugs either. It was the 60s. Yeah, he still had to go get it and all that stuff. But, you, I mean, you're not wrong. It was still way easier. <laughs> so, yeah, they wanted to get some. And Bobby basically said he knew where he could get some mescaline, which I haven't. That's a pretty hard hallucinogen as far as I'm aware. I don't know a ton about it. Um, it's hard to find. I believe that. Yeah. So, but he knew a guy, he had a connection. And so on July 27th of 1969, he goes and hooks it up. But unfortunately, this is going to be another drug deal gone wrong. Oh, I was going to say good for him, question mark. (laughs) Well, you may have heard about this, but we'll get into it. So Bobby bought the mescaline for the straight Satans from a guy named Gary Henman. Okay. And when the straight Satans took the drugs basically they said they were bunk which i'll just go ahead and clarify that for you right now. i know what bunk means i don't need you oh, to clarify okay. all right all right just checking i'm um, yeah I, I, my last question was a legitimate question <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so so basically they said this shit's fake and so he's like or it's not working and so he was tasked with going and getting the straight satan's money back oh so he goes over to Gary's house. And sounds like a fun job. Mm, no, not really. <laughs> so he goes over uh, to Gary's house, and he's accompanied by Susan Atkins and Mary Bruner, who we've talked about before. Which one is Mary? Mary was the librarian that uh, was the first one Manson met. What was her nickname? You know, I don't remember. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. Mary Bruner. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think she had one. I just don't remember. So, uh, Gary basically said he didn't have the money, and so Bobby put in a call to Manson to let him know what he said, and Manson basically said, hold him there, and he drove from the ranch to Gary's house. Oh, that was nice of him. Not really, because when he walked in, he took a sword and sliced (laughs) Gary. He did. Well, how he... I don't know if it was Gary's sword or what, but uh, he picks up this fucking sword and badly slices Gary's but, ear and face with it. Okay, but how tall did we say Manson was? Five, Five four, two. Two? Yeah. Was the sword taller than him? Well, because I don't know what kind of sword it is, I can't actually say. I saw a samurai sword. I saw bayonet. I'm not sure either of those are accurate. So I don't I really just, know. I just have this vision of a sword that's like twice the size of Manson. I'm going to go ahead and say no, not twice the size of Manson. Bigger, maybe? Most people don't have 10-foot swords. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. So. And he was short. He wasn't that short. Right? He was pretty damn short. 
He's not a fucking leprechaun. I'm he just was. Sh- he might as well be. He's <laughs> he shorter was, than me. I mean, he was short. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so he gets sliced up, and someone, uh, again, there's this this particular incident has multiple different versions and variations, and so it's not perfectly clear. But somebody, either the girls or Bobby, stitched up his uh, wounds with uh, dental floss. I mean, if that's what you got. I mean, at least they hooked that up with, you know, but I don't really feel like it was for anything because they basically kept him alive for three days and then Bobby stabbed him and killed him. Well, yeah. Why waste your time to stitch this shit up if you're going to... Okay, yeah. I agree. Go ahead. Well, I think they were tr- hoping that if they, you know... Kept, kept him alive, they get their alive. money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, okay. you know, but when they figured out they weren't going to, Bobby kills him and he takes his blood and... This may sound familiar, but he writes piggy on the wall. Okay. Or actually, I think he wrote political piggy in Hinman's blood. And he also made a paw print. Disgusting. Well, while I agree, the purpose of this was to make it look like the Black Panthers had committed the murders. Right, right. I get that. I'm just saying, if I ever murder anybody, I am not going to put my fingers in their blood. That's good to know. I will note that when I do the case about whoever you murder. <laughs> Throwing it out there. So. No, I'm not getting their nasty diseases. I'll stab them and run away. <laughs> I just got a mental picture of you doing that, and it was uh, it was amusing. So. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, Bobby, uh, I guess he's an idiot. I have no idea. So he, so, he takes the murder weapon with him, and he leaves in Gary Hemmons' car. And he gets pulled over in Gary Hinman's car with the murder weapon on him. Okay, if y'all heard that noise, it was me banging her face planting. Yes. So, yeah, so he gets arrested. Shocking. Um, But you know what I didn't know is that apparently his arrest is actually what set in motion the brutal murders that would follow and they were only two days after this like i've heard about this i didn't know the murders were two days after this yeah they don't really focus on this gary hinman guy no but what's funny is the the it's kind of relevant because the arrest of bobby is it was the trigger it was the trigger yeah it was a trigger so it because it was after this they wanted to show that bobby was innocent and that the black panthers were guilty so at this point, Manson carefully selects the members of his group who he knew would follow him to the ends of the earth. And stupid yeah. bitches. So Tex Watson was selected to lead this group. Oh, sorry. Stupid bitches and Tex. And Tex Watson. Yes. From here. Tex. So Tex Watson and the following stupid bitches, which <laughs> included Susan Atkins and Patricia Krenwinkel. Now, I understand why they were chosen, um, but he also chose Linda Kasabian, and she had only been there for like a month when this all went down. Is she the one that was like a single mom? Yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah. He must have thought he, she was easily manipulated. Well, obviously. I mean, I would I would say so at this point. Okay. So, fair enough. So, yeah. He basically... Puts this group together, and this is where it all comes together. It all comes to a head. Yep. 
So on the night of August 8th or 9th, I think, depending on what time of night, of 1969, the group made their way to 10050 or 10,050 CeeLo Drive. 10050. Yeah, it's way easier. <laughs> so, so Tex actually brought the same uh, 22 revolver that Manson used to shoot Lots of Papa. And when he thought he killed him, but didn't. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. So the group uh, entered the property, and they very first encountered 18-year-old Stephen Parent. Uh, and he was actually leaving the property in his vehicle at this time. So Stephen didn't live there. He didn't know any of the residents. Uh, he was actually visiting the caretaker on the back of the property, or who lived on the back of the property. Right, right, right. Yeah. His name was William Garrett. And... That's really all I have to say about him at the current moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as Stephen was leaving, uh, Tex Watson yelled halt. Who yells halt? That is a wonderful question, and I do not know. I've, Maybe I've, police officers? Maybe that was the I, idea? I don't... I get the impression that they're at like some British castle with the, the guys in the hats that can't smile. So... I mean, I get what you're saying from that, but no, they're in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I just, so, <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, stop, stop. Stop. Uh, who goes there? Yeah. Uh, venture, Freeze. Venture forth no more. Um, no, that's bad. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up. <laughs> well, either way, he said halt. And at that point, Tex then approached Steven's vehicle and slashed at him with a buck knife. Uh, Tex then shot him four times while he was still in his car. Well, that's fucking rude as shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, murdering people is generally rude. Yes. Well, sometimes they live through that. You hadn't said he died yet. I was just saying yeah, he dies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he then it's real rude. He, he definitely dies. Okay. Um, so Tex basically entered first and dispatched of Stephen, who I don't think I said this, but he was like 18. You did say he was 18. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. he's a young dude. Um, he's just kind of knows nobody here. So he's, he's in the wrong place, wrong, wrong time. Exactly. So at this point, the rest of the family enters uh, the house, and although the house had previously been owned by Terry Melcher, who we talked about in part Beach one, Boy, so Terry Melcher was the producer for uh, Beach Boy. Yeah, producer, director, guy. Manson wanted to get a deal with him. Uh, or he was trying to get a record deal because the Dennis guy was introducing them. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So again, you try. can go back and listen to that, but it is highly thought that basically this house was chosen for a reason. And that was because they thought Terry Melcher lived there. So what you're saying is they didn't do their research. Apparently they did not do their research. Okay. Cause um, you said they thought, so I'm assuming he no longer lives there. Uh, no, so the house is under new ownership, and not Terry Melcher, he does not live there, but the famous Polish film director, producer, screenwriter, and actor, Roman Polanski... Oh, he's an asshole. ...does live there. Is he? I don't know much about him personally. He has since been charged with child pornography. Definitely an asshole. So, yes, but at this time, he lived there, and his eight-and-a-half-month pregnant wife who was American actress and model Sharon Tate also lived there. Now and she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And so she was there, but Roman was actually in London working on the script for, I guess it was going to be his next movie. It's called the day of the dolphin. 
I didn't even look to see if that got made, but uh, he had actually finished writing that script. I hope it did day. not. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look and, and tell you at the end. <laughs> but he had actually finished writing the script that day. Uh, he had actually talked to Sharon earlier in the day and basically said he'd be coming home in a few days. Okay. Uh, like I said, Sharon was at the house, um, but she wasn't alone. She had several friends at her house. Um, when the members of the family entered the home, they found uh, Sharon's guest. Vo- uh, Vo- I'm going to fuck this up. Wojciech Frykowski. I think you did that pretty well. I was pretty close. Uh, so he was sleeping on the couch. So because he was asleep on the couch, uh, Susan Atkins and Patricia Krenwinkel were able to then begin searching the house for anyone who else or anyone else who might be home. So, so they left him alone at first. They just left him there sleeping. Uh, I think Tex stayed in the living room okay. uh, and kind of watched over. Watch him. over him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The other two went back and started uh, basically rounding people up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Abigail Folger, who is, was a member of the Folger Coffee family, she's known as the Folgers, uh, the Folger Coffee heiress. Folgers in my cup. Yes. Right. Um. Something like that. <laughs> I think feel like that was close. I think you're pretty close. So she was in uh, bed reading. Sharon Tate and Jay Sebring, who was uh, basically a hairstylist of the stars, uh, they were in her room talking. Wasn't he like her ex, though? Too? He was okay. her ex, yes. And so basically they rounded everybody up and brought them into the living room. And when someone asked who they were, Tex Watson gave his famous and chilling response. I am the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Wow, what an egotistical bastard claiming that he's the devil. Well, not only that, but that's got to be some creepy shit to hear when somebody breaks into your house. Well, I mean, true, <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of fucked up. You yeah. Know? So, so Tex then tied a rope around J.C. Bring's neck, threw it over a ceiling beam, and tied the other end around Sharon Tate's neck. Oh. Tex then pistol-whipped... Stabbed and then shot Jay Sebring. All while he's still attached to Sharon. That is correct. Okay. And they're basically laying on the floor, kind of next to each other. Ew, poor Sharon. Yeah. At that point, Abigail Folger made a run for it. Um, but Patricia Krenwinkel caught up with her in the front yard, uh, where she was stabbed multiple times to death. I mean, good for her for trying to to escape. Yeah, yeah. good for her. She had some balls. I agree. She's a badass bitch. So, do you feel the same about Wojciech Frykowski? Because he also made a run for it. He was also overtaken in the front yard by Tex Watson, where he was stabbed multiple Well, I do feel the same about him, but I don't feel like I can call him a badass bitch. Well, I agree. I just, (laughs) you know, like, you know, you're like, yes, she made it out, and I agree, but there is that small part of me that's like, why didn't he, like, try to... You know, it is that double standard, and I try not to apply that, but... Oh, no, that's totally a dude total double standard. Yeah. I get where you're coming from, okay. but no, I feel the same way about him. Like, good for him for trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I agree, I but just there can't is call that him guy. Ba- yeah, yeah, but there's that guy part of me that's like, why yeah. didn't you try to, like, you know, do something? Yeah, know, I don't have but... that guy part. Uh, <laughs> run for your life, and if I could call you a badass bitch, I would, but you're not a girl. So Fair you're enough. badass. So Patricia Krenwinkel is outside, and so is Tex. They've both chased uh, down and murdered two people on the on the on the lawn. She did Abigail, so I'm assuming he did 
Ezra Gray. Uh, Wojciech Frykowski, That yes. one, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan Atkins, though, she was left inside with Sharon Tate. Oh. And though Sharon Tate begged for the for her life and the life of her baby, she was stabbed sixteen times, and she was even stabbed in her belly. Fucking whore bag. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, Susan Atkins even later talked about how she thought about cutting the baby out of Sharon Tate and keeping it. I might vomit. Yeah, I mean it's definitely pretty fucked up. And like I get, uh, no, okay, I won't say I get, but <laughs> I was about to be like, what? <laughs> well, I was gonna say so. Like they're committing murders, trying to make it look like somebody else did it, but right, they're obviously taking this to another level. And you know, it's not even the right fucking house or people. I mean, it was well, the right house, wrong people. Well, as far as they were concerned, they didn't care who lived in the house. That was, I mean, again, that whole thing is. Manson. Manson if didn't. If it's true, he sent them there because he was pissed off at Terry Melcher and figured that. But be he a good didn't target. tell them that. So. Right? They didn't know, so they're just like, "Well, we're gonna kill whoever's in the house." So bunch of dumbass kids on LSD. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know that they were actually on LSD at the time, but their brains were obviously fried to fuck. Obviously, so. they'd done enough. Yes, they had done plenty by then. So. Basically, yeah, she talked about that, and then they used Sharon's blood to write the word pig on the front door in an attempt to make it look like the Black Panthers had committed the crime. So creative. This also serves two purposes, right? Because not only does it make the Black Panthers look like they did it, but of course they wanted to free Bobby, too, so if... It looks like they did it. Then Bobby looks innocent for... And then it looks like the the, yep. the murder that he's accused of is tied to it. To, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of, I guess, the thinking behind all of that. Unfortunately, I guess the group didn't feel, or Manson at least, didn't feel like this one murder was enough. To one? It was like five murders. Cross. Well, you know, it, one occurrence. One yes, event. Five, okay. five murders, one event. But yes, this... Slaying of five people obviously just wasn't enough. And wasn't so, good enough. Wasn't good enough for Manson. No. Jesus Manson. Jesus Manson, which he is not. Um, <laughs> he so, thought he was. <laughs> well, he did. So the very next evening, August 10th of 1969, Charles Manson, Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, Linda Kasabian, and Leslie Van Houten... <laughs> Oh, and also Steve Clem. Who uh, the fuck is Steve Clem? So his name's actually Steve Grogan. Um, they called him Clem. He was one of the members. Um, there was actually a bunch of guy members. They just never talked about. They always talk about the Manson women. Well, because the women are the ones who. Yeah. Well, and Tex is the only one that really stands out because he was involved in the murders, right? And then Bobby was involved in the other one. He got arrested before it all went down, so he's not talked about as much. Um, But yes, so these individuals drove to the Los Los Feliz, Los Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Feliz. It's Feliz. Feliz Navidad. Yeah, yeah. I was just fucking it up. So, oh, okay. But we got it. So they were on the prowl for their next victim. And they showed up at 3301 Waverly Drive, um, which was the home of Lino and Rosemary LaBianca. Now, I, I didn't take note of this, but I thought it was interesting because 
they made it sound like they were cruising, looking for a place. But they wound up at this particular house, and apparently the Manson family had gone to a party at the house right next door to that at some oh. point. I, I think they said it was like a year later. I just want to throw out there that I think La Bianca is Italian. Could be. I mean, you're probably right. I have no idea. Or Spanish. Italian Maybe. or Spanish. Maybe. It is one word. It's not like La Bianca. It's La Bianca. So it's one word. But oh, Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So, obviously, like I was saying, they're obviously a little familiar with the area because they went to that party. But anyway, Manson thought that the previous murders were too unorganized and sloppy. So he actually entered the home. Oh. Alone by himself. Oh. And when he came back out, he informed the group that the family was tied up inside. Look at him showing his big balls. Well, basically, I mean, I think even if... So we talk about how he's not a serial killer, quote unquote, and I agree. But in this case, he's at least accessory to murder. I would say probably the same with the other... Uh, Gary Hinman murder. Sure, sure, sure. And then attempted but, murder of lots of lots of Papa. Sure, sure. But he goes in there by himself and ties them up and comes back out to the car and says, "What? It's time." Yeah, so, big balls. Uh, essentially, he basically said, um, "If we're just here basically to rob you, as long as you cooperate, like nothing's going to happen. Just keep it cool." And so, like when they went in. The, the they were relatively relatively calm. I say relatively just because you know they weren't freaking out, thinking they were getting murdered in that one specific instance. Um, but this time, Tex Watson, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Les- Leslie Van Houten went inside. The two girls uh, got knives from the kitchen, and then they took Rosemary LaBianca into the bedroom, where they put a pillowcase over her head and started to ramp a lap lamp started to wrap a lamp cord around her neck. While this was happening, Tex began stabbing Lino, that was uh, the husband's name, Lino LaBianca, to death. So like I said, he has really big balls. He tied them up and sent everybody else in there to do his shit. Pretty much. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah pussy. But yeah, he went in and, and actually, I, I think the point is in he had some level of participation in this murder. Oh, where for he sure. Didn't in yeah, the others, for right? sure. But yes, he... Yes, small man, small balls. I agree. Yes. So, but what's sad is that Rosemary Law Bianca not only had to listen to her husband be murdered, mm. uh, but then Tex Watson and Leslie Van Houten both stabbed her to death. Um, Patricia Krenwinkel then got a carving fork. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like for a turkey. Ass, yeah, 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 yeah. And used it to carve the word war into Lino's stomach. And then she stabbed the fork into his stomach and left it there. Uh, <sighs> then she wrote the word rise and death to pigs on the walls in blood. And she wrote helter skelter on the refrigerator. Okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, they had been talking about helter skelter as a group. Um, wait, well, yeah, they've been on, singing that. Oh. oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Let me just go ahead and just say this. Sorry. I fucked it up. So what's funny here is that obviously they'd been talking about Helter Skelter for a while as a group, right? They'd been singing the song and Beatles and... Yeah, exactly. So like you said, it's a huge song. Somehow, apparently, she misspelled Helter. 
<laughs> when she wrote it on the fridge, she misspelled Helter. That, how else do you spell Helter? Two L's? I, you know, I didn't write down how she misspelled it, but she did. She misspelled Helter. Okay, I might be able to get it if she did two L's, because Hell. I don't think that's what it was, though. Okay, I well, think then she, if like, that's not what... flip-flop letters. I mean, it was probably, I don't know, it, maybe it was a panic thing. I don't know, but she did. She misspelled Helter. Maybe she Helter had dyslexia. Helter. Maybe. I never saw anything to that nature, but... Well, I know, and yeah. I shouldn't be giving her an excuse, but... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it happened. Go ahead. True. So after the murders, uh, Manson moved the group to a new ranch about 200 miles away uh, from Spawn Ranch in Death Valley. So we're leaving Spawn Ranch. We're going to Death Valley. Because Death Valley is where I want to live. Of course. It has such a... a welcoming name. Yeah, wonder, welcoming name. It rolls off the tongue. You know, it's very inviting. Death Valley. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a fucking desert. Who wants to live? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to live in the desert, right? I mean, now Spawn Ranch was kind of uh, deserty, right? You know, it was for uh, old west kind of films. Well, so I was about was to desert. say, but it was a Hollywood set, <laughs> well, and I want to say it's actually part of Death Valley too. But I want to say it's like right on that border, like the edge of oh, it. It so, barely counts as Death Valley. Yeah, I think. Don't quote me, but yeah, I, I think so. Totally gonna quote you for the rest of my life. We're going to fight after this. <laughs> I will win. Go ahead. I'm sure you would. <laughs> so at this time, the police had no idea that the Manson family was responsible for the Tate and or LaBianca murders. Like they, well, they had no reason no to look into them, right? Not at this point. Right. Um, but the group was under investigation in relation to a number of thefts. Um, you know, at some point, that's kind of how they were supporting themselves. They were... Stealing like shit. at all points? Uh, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, they were like dumpster diving and shit. Well, in the yeah, they didn't have but... a job. So, yeah, they're stealing some shit. Yeah. I mean, it got to a point where the group was big enough. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, the police raided the Death Valley Ranch and took the group into custody. So, it didn't take them long to find the new ranch then. I didn't get the timeline on that, but I don't think it was like super, super long. Um, if you really, really don't want to know, you can Google it. But. Um, but yeah, so they were taken into custody. I didn't take this note either, but I've heard that Manson was like hiding in a cabinet. Oh, well, it. he could fit. Right. He's tiny. So yeah, apparently, he could and totally I never fit. made that connection either because I didn't know how <laughs> short he was. But apparently he was like hiding in a cabinet, like like under the sink. It wasn't actually under the sink. but Oh, that'd be amazing it if it was under the sink, though. But yeah, he was hiding in some little hole. And actually, the the... Instagram art we put up for part one mm -hmm. is actually from that arrest, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the picture on that Such is... Such a fucking wussy. Yeah. I'm gonna go hide in a cabinet, but I can because I'm the size of a five-year-old. <laughs> so at this point, like I said, the investigation's really going nowhere. So like I said, the investigation is not going anywhere at this point. But like we said, everybody was just arrested at the... Uh, at Death, Death Valley. Valley. I wanted to say Spawn Ranch, but yes, Death Valley. Death Valley. And so while all the girls were thrown into kind of the same, I think they threw them in like one big holding cell. Well, of course they did, because yeah. we're girls. Yeah. So they threw them all into one cell, but Susan actually, Susan actually, Susan Atkins actually had uh, arrest warrants out. So she was basically rearrested, I guess, and taken into custody for her warrants oh, and moved to another cell. Okay. 
So she they threw her in, I think, big girl jail at that point for her warrants. Well, I mean, at least she got to go to big girl jail. The rest of them, they threw them in jail because, ooh, girls like to go to the bathroom together. Let's throw them all in the same cell. I don't think that's the thinking behind it, but I think it was more of like a large holding cell. Ah, uh, okay. As opposed like to... Like the drunk tank. Kind of, yeah. Okay. That was my thought. And let's be honest, they probably all sit around and piss in front of each other all day and have sex with each other. So who gives a shit? Ooh, gross. Okay. No, they do. Well, I didn't disagree. I just said, ooh, gross. Go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't so, need those damn details. Yeah. Well, you got them, so you're welcome. <laughs> so Susan, like I said, she's off in her own cell. And in December of 1969, she started telling her cellmate about the tape murders. Oh, good job, Susan. Yeah. So this is what led to them finding out that it was the Manson family who committed these murders was because Susan Atkins just started fucking flabbing her mouth. Okay. So was she bragging or was she feeling guilty? Uh, I think she was just talking about it, not matter of factly, but I don't think it was a guilt thing. I think it was probably more of a bragging thing. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. So basically, because she couldn't keep her mouth shut, they arrested everybody. They get it thrown in jail. I didn't go too much into the trial, really, because there's a ton of stuff out there about the trial. You, every, I mean, if you know anything about this, you've seen the pictures of the girls dancing down the hallway and singing songs. Um, I mean, the girls, Charles Manson carves an X in his head and the girls carve yeah, an X in their yeah. head, right? It was a very um, publicized and pretty well-known trial. Oh, well, and you could do an entire podcast just about the trial. You, you really could. You really could. Um, so, you know, we I really kind of wanted to talk more about the murders. I was less concerned with the trial. Um but it was obviously, it was a fucking media circus kind of thing. It was you know? a shit show. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, basically, Manson and the others were found guilty. Um, Good. I guess the trial lasted around seven months. Oh, that's kind of really long. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty long trial. I mean, I want to say they're usually, what, three or I, four, d- maybe? It I mean, depends. There's, there's no standard set. But like we said, this was a fucking shit show yeah. thing going on. Right? <laughs> so, and, and of course, in this case, you've got a fair amount of defendants. Right, right. Um, additionally, I think the jury found all of the defendants guilty of seven counts of murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Okay. So... Now, I did say all. It actually was uh, all but one. So oh, okay. I think Leslie Van Houten, um, she wasn't charged with all of them. She was only charged with two of the murders uh, as well as conspiracy because she wasn't at the first murder. So she wasn't at the Tate murder. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So interestingly enough, though, all of the members wound up receiving the death penalty except for Linda Kasabian. Okay. So this is all happening in 1971. So they all get convicted in 1971. So it's like two years after the murders. Yeah. I mean, because it took time and all of that. Sure, sure. Um, Funnily enough, uh, Leslie Van Houten was actually the youngest person at the age of 21 or the the youngest female to uh, ever be put on death row. Oh, probably not anymore, but yeah. Well, I don't know about that because it's California, and I want to say it was only like a year or two after this that the um, death penalty was abolished in California. Well, right, but what I'm saying is now in 2023, there's 
been younger people put on death row in California. We okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean that's true. I don't. I didn't specify. You did not specify. You just said youngest. <laughs> okay, yes, you're correct. It was in California's death row. Sorry, okay. I misspoke or okay. didn't include that information. So okay, fair enough. Well, California's death row is fake. Let's just be real honest. Well, I mean, like I said, right after this, they get rid of the death penalty. It was 1972 that the penalty, death penalty, excuse me, was abolished in California. And so they all got changed from the death sentence to life in prison. Their sentence got commuted. Is that? Oh, that is what that's called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Manson actually wound up passing away of natural causes in 2007. Excuse me. Let me try that again. So in November of 2017, Manson passed away from uh, natural causes. Dude, I remember when he died. Yeah, he was still in prison, uh, obviously. He had just gotten married again for the 20 millionth time. I forgot about that, but yes. And, he had just well, gotten married. Yeah, and funnily enough, I didn't know about his first wives when I started doing yeah, this Yeah, I only either. knew about the jailbird wife. <laughs> if you don't know about his first wives, you can check that out in part one. Susan Atkins actually wound up getting brain cancer, um, mm-hmm. and she died in prison in 2009. Man, Charlie outlived her. That's fucked up. So you remember us talking about Linda Kasabian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't really list her as anybody who committed any actions in the murders. So she was present. She was actually in the car and did not enter the property. She kind of acted as the getaway driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she actually did not serve any time uh, for any of these murders. She actually kind of worked as the star witness to help uh, put everybody away. Um, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, you do. Uh, She actually went on, she changed her name. and uh, I don't blame her. No, no, I do not either. Um, In 2016... So Tex Watson has been serving all of his life sentence or his term, whatever you want to call it. And he has had multiple, multiple, multiple chances for parole. In fact, uh, his 17th attempt for parole was in 2016 and uh, he was denied. I mean, rightfully so. Yes. Now, I didn't go and check it out. I think he was eligible again in 2021. I'm assuming with COVID that didn't happen or whatever, but um, he's still in jail. I'm surprised he's still alive. Just go meet Susan Adkins and Charles Manson and have your party in the sky. There you go. in the dirt. In the, yeah, not in the sky. Yeah, not in the sky. That was wrong. In the hell. Yes, in the hell. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And you can sing Hell to Skelter. Yeah. Um, Bobby Boussoulet was actually recommended for parole in 2019. Um, I don't think he got it. Or well, at least probably, I'm not aware of whether he got it or not. Well, depending on the timing in 2019, that could have been right before COVID started. It could have been. It could have been. Um, Patricia Krenwinkel has never been eligible for parole. She probably shouldn't be. No. Bitches be crazy. True, yes. And Leslie Van Houten has been basically in the same position as Tex Watson. She's had her parole turned down just time and time again. Again, 
bitches be crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be honest. I, I doubt that they will ever, ever get out. And they shouldn't. No. So, a couple things to kind of look at after all this went down. So, there was a ton of Manson members that were not involved in these crimes, right? They weren't the selected ones. They were not. But some of them would go on to do some wacky shit. Of course. So, in 1971, four men, one woman, and a female getaway driver. So, six people. Um, so, four men, two women. Uh, yeah, but one stayed in the car. One actually, you'll understand in a second. Right, right, right. Uh, They robbed a Western surplus. Um, I think, I guess it was like an army surplus. Not 100% sure. Oh, I was going to ask if it was like a cowboy store. <laughs> may, may, like, that could be. All I know is that they were there to steal guns. And oh. Gypsy was one of the women who was involved uh, in what has become known as the Hawthorne shootout. Um, I don't know if there's enough for another case, but it might be something to look at. But she was arrested and served five years for her role in the robbery and the shootout with the police. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that nobody got killed in that shootout if she only served five years. Not that I'm aware of, but again, I'm not looking into this case because this it's is a not different the case. case we're doing. It's a different so case. if we decide to do Fair that, enough. then we'll dig into it. Um, funnily enough, though, three of the years uh, that she was in jail for you know, her role, she spent in the shoe, which is the special housing unit. Yes, the she shoe. spent it with the Manson family women. Who oh, that were was in fucking for smart. The murders. Yeah, that's fucking smart. So they got to reconnect, and you know. California, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so smart. But this that is not was... the first time I've heard about shit like this happening. Yeah, no, that's dumb. Yeah. So then in 1979, she was convicted on six counts of interstate transport of stolen property and mail fraud. Oh, that gets the FBI involved. Yeah. Oh, and there was also credit card uh, fraud involved as well. So she actually escaped to Canada... Um, but she did re return on her own and served her sentence. And uh, we've seen Gypsy in many documentaries. Is it, it weird it to say like, good for her? Question mark. I, like, it, she came back on her own. It or? seems like she's living a normal life. Like I said, she's been in a, a lot of uh, documentaries. She has been in a lot. Uh, she's That's been a true. bunch. So I mean, I'm. It, she seems to have turned her ways around, from what I can tell. But again, well, I, I will really say, done. you listen to all the other women, and they still are fucking in love with Charlie. Some of them, yeah. I think she is one that, if you listen to her talk, she obviously remembers the time fondly. But she's not like, don't call me a blah, blah, blah. You know, she... You know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. But... Let's be honest, Gypsy was not going to be the only one to go on to do some weird shit. So, you remember Squeaky? Yeah, who doesn't remember Squeaky? Yeah. She's like the most famous. So, I guess her her full name is Lynette Alice From, but everybody knows her by Squeaky. I was about to say, I didn't know her real name. Yeah, so in 1975, she wound up knocking on the hotel door of the... Uh, the vice president for the Led Zeppelin band's record label. You're not a big Led Zeppelin fan, so I'm not surprised you're not. Uh, um, no, no, it's not even that. I have Led Zeppelin CD. It's fine. Um, that's a lot. How did she know it was the vice president? Did she know or did she just knock on a random door? Oh, no, yeah, no, she definitely knew. She knew? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he 
basically, you know, he said she was looking a little weird, act, acting very strange. <laughs> uh, that it, says a lot coming from. Yeah. He even said she movie. had like a nervous tick um, thing oh. going on. So there may have been some drugs involved. Not not saying that, but uh, um, I'm going to say it. Yeah. Kind of get that impression. <laughs> um, but she wanted to meet with Jimmy Page, who's the guitarist for Led Zeppelin. What was she going to do with Jimmy Page? Well, she wanted to warn him, warn him uh, of an imminent evil which she believed uh, would be taking place at their concert that night. Oh, I thought she was going to try to start a whole new cult with Jimmy Page as the leader. Instead, of I mean, Manson. if you're going to pick somebody, Jimmy Page <laughs> would be great. I mean, Led Zeppelin was very witchy. Like, I to- would totally see that. She's like, we need a replacement leader. No, I mean, so yeah, Jimmy Page would be perfect, but no. No, okay, fair no, enough. No, that wasn't the thing. It was a good guess, though. Yeah, so I, she obviously they did not uh, let her see Jimmy Page. She was escorted off the property. Well, you know, Jimmy Page is probably like, man, you didn't let me talk to Squeaky because now she's more famous than Jimmy Page. Right, right. So, I mean, no criminal charges were brought in this in this case, but it was the start of obviously. I mean, okay, you go from Manson. Now we're. We're going to see Jimmy Page. Next, we're going to go see President Gerald Ford. What? Gerald Ford? No. Gerald Ford can't run a cult. He's too nice. Well, she wasn't there to um, to ask him to run a cult. In fact, uh, so it depends. If you listen to what she has to say, she just wanted to talk to him uh, and voice some grievances. But she took a gun with her. Well, that's to go see the president. Stupid. Yeah. Especially Gerald Ford. He was like the lamest president ever. I mean, I he don't know a, much about Gerald no, Ford. No, he was the one that's like a real goody two shoes. Oh, yeah. Well, we could almost use one of those now, but. Um, right, but in the <laughs> 60s, 70s, it was not cool at all. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh, he so he was a square man. Oh, yeah, he was, he a, was square. a big square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we don't want square. Okay, so. So, yes. So. Funnily enough, um, so she, yes, she winds up getting, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little all over the place with this one. So you remember Blue? We talked yeah, about her just. I remember Blue. Okay, her name mm-hmm. is Sandra Collin Goods. Yeah, she wasn't involved in the murders, but she's in the documentaries. Fucking old guy that owned Spawn Ranch named her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember so Blue. So she um, was actually living with Squeaky at the time that this all went down. And so she gets arrested in connection with this attempted assassination. Blue does? Blue, because she was a part of the Manson family. She's living with Squeaky. Squeaky, they said, tried to kill the president. Why the hell is she still living with Squeaky? Blue, that was stupid. I don't know, they were rooming at the time. So Stupid Blue. Well, either way. Although she was not tried in connection, um, Blue and Susan Murphy. Who the fuck is Susan Murphy? Susan Murphy was actually a member of the Manson family, but she's not like super, super well known. So I really don't know much about her. So she was not one of Charlie's favorites. Uh, Obvi. I will just go with what you said. Obvi. Obvi. So yeah, but Sandra Collins, good or blue. And Susan Murphy were arrested for mailing death threats to over a hundred and seventy to over a hundred and seventy corporate executives uh, who, in her mind, were polluting the earth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's more hippie stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they're killing trees and mm, killing trees. So they want to hug kill trees you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on April thirteenth of nineteen seventy six, uh, Blue 
was uh-huh. uh, sentenced to 15 years for that crime. Mailing the letters. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that she was wrong that they were involved in this kind of stuff, but I will say that she's that one lady in the documentaries that sounds like she's still in the fucking Manson family cult. You know what I'm talking about? Blue is? Yes. Oh. Yeah, she was that lady. I thought it was a different lady, but... Mm-mm. So, yeah, so she got arrested for that. Uh, Squeaky actually served 34 years in prison for her attempt on Gerald Ford's life. I mean, that's fair. Uh, or maybe too light. Yeah, I didn't see what her actual <laughs> sentence was, but she served 34, and then she was actually paroled. Um, I think we talked about... Uh, so that really is kind of most of the shenanigans, and that kind of wraps us up with uh, the Manson family. There is actually more I'd like to talk about, so I'm planning on doing a uh, Patreon episode uh, later to follow up on this, because there's some conspiracy theory type stuff and some interesting facts about uh, Manson that I found along the way that I thought would be interesting to discuss. He's still not a serial killer. I didn't call. Did I say it was a serial killer? No, I just need, okay. I felt right. the need to say you that. You just had to get that out of yeah. your system. Okay. Well, that's fair. So what I do find interesting is as much as you dislike Charles Manson. I fucking hate the wussy ass bitch. Go ahead. Well, then you're probably not going to not like this. So in his book, Mindhunter, inside the FBI's elite serial crime unit, John Douglas, who was the former FBI profiler. John Douglas is my homie. (laughs) Yes. So he said, Charlie hadn't set out to be a dark guru. His goal was fame and fortune. He wanted to be a drummer and play for a famous rock band like the Beach Boys. He had been forced to live by his wits his entire life, and so had become extremely adept at sizing up the people he met and quickly determining what they could do for him. Sure. He would have been excellent in my unit, assessing an individual's psychological strengths and weaknesses, and strategizing how to get a how to get a killer. We were hunting. Why am I not going to like that? I agree with that one hundred percent. So he didn't some call back- him a serial killer. I agree, but there was some back and forth about like it almost made it sound like had he gotten paroled, like. Douglas might have actually considered like oh I believe that bringing him on to like help out no I believe that because they did that with Kemper and Bundy because they need even though Manson is not a serial killer he still has that mindset like I'm not gonna take that away and so being an FBI profiler anybody like that that you can interview to help you try to figure out the next one i totally get well right i agree but this is what he said like after interviewing him right right. i I, I got i mean it almost made it sound like maybe he'd have been cool like if he'd gotten paroled like bringing him on to help actually that's what i'm saying he probably would have because because he's not wrong manson would have been able to understand it way more than he could I mean, he would have brought a unique perspective. But yeah, I just I thought that was interesting. It was just a weird little thing I found along the way in my research. But uh, It did not make me hate John Douglas. You were wrong. Oh, I wasn't trying to make you hate John Douglas. I just thought... Still my homeboy. And he's enough. 100% correct in that statement. All right. I so I was him. wrong in assuming what I assumed. So, very good. All right. Well, that is Charles Manson. And I will always have John Douglas's back. And I am going to finish up this white <laughs> Russian... Oh, not right this second. I was just taking a sip. I took my sunglasses off. Yeah, I don't know why you were recording with sunglasses. That was weird. It was bright in you here. You put them on. This is the worst light ever. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You, have you been taking the LSD? Maybe. We were talking about Charles Manson. Well, you did obviously did not share, so what the hell? <laughs> Maybe I didn't know that's what it was, because I've never done the LSD. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that being said, we want to thank you all for joining us again. Sorry for the two-parter, but hopefully you enjoyed it and at least maybe learned a couple things you didn't know about Charles Manson. We didn't go insanely in-depth because that would take a miniseries, but hopefully you liked it. And we're going to have a bonus episode for you in the next week or so. We're working on things. No, it's already researched. It's going to be a bonus episode. Yep. Um, so, yeah, join us back. Join us on all the things rate and review us if you're in another country do that because we just figured out how to find that oh yeah thanks to our we had a uh one of our uk listeners and a canadian listener that had left us a review uh back in like yeah like like two years ago yeah (laughs) and and we didn't know because we didn't know how to check it so we just found that thank you both for your awesome review yes it was it was great we posted it on the insta we did and we appreciate all of you who have gone out onto whatever platform and rated and reviewed us we really do appreciate that we love the feedback um yeah vina go out there and rate and review us true now that we know your name we're gonna call you out we do it to tara marie we do it to justin the og we do it, to, and Justin is coming. He knows what we're talking about. Yep, that's an inside thing. Yep. That being said, we want to thank you yet again. We love you all, and we will check you next time. We do love you all. Well, I was really hard to make the kiss sound that time. You did great. <laughs> Laters. Thank you for joining us here at Blood and Barrels. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Blood and Barrels. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Barrels Pod. Follow us on all the things. You can also listen to Blood and Barrels on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or most anywhere where you enjoy your podcast. If you enjoy listening, please head over to Apple Podcast and rate, review, and subscribe. For more information about the show, you can check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. If you want to help support the show and become a part of the Blood and Barrels family, you can join us on Patreon and get access to additional content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.